And then we'll do the same thing, but then just clap on clap. Um, everyone's ready. All right. Three, two, one, clap. Nice. Decent clap this week. Yeah. Okay. Getting the jitters out. And welcome to Can I Kick It? This is a podcast about film festivals. My name is Emilio Diaz. Joining me today are... Andy Gramuga. Number one human toilet stand, Cullen (laughs) Edgley. And with that... Oh, and I'm supposed to introduce myself? No, 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 no. No, 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 no. no, no, no. I wasn't sure if there was just a pause and I was supposed to say something. No, I was just letting what Cullen said sink in uh, before I said anything. uh, Got it. Got it. Just now. (laughs) Today, we're going to be talking about the films of Peter Strickland. So, to join us on this audio-visual experience, we are joined by producer of Blank Check... CEO of Congratulations and Curator of Slow Christmas, Ben Hosley. How you doing, Ben? Hey, so glad to be here, guys. Thanks for having me on. Thank you so yes, much for joining us. Thank you for, for taking the time. Yeah. And I thought it would be you know appropriate if I had myself a beer. Hell yeah. For your show, a can of beer, as you will. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> Cheers. What are we drinking? Give us a can check. We are drinking a Bell's Two-Hearted Ale. Hell yeah. Now I feel like I'm unprepared. I should bring a beer. <laughs> I do that every week now. I well, I don't know if I want to promote that for you. No, I upscale. I'm going to do a power hour every week. Cullen, no. What? What? Everyone likes this idea. Cullen, remember you were, when you were into wine? Remember that? Wine? Listen, it's a it's an off and on relationship. We can't get into it now. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What's your favorite grape? This is C already above above everything that I get into. <laughs> you, that could just mean like type, and I would be able to answer that. But because you use some sort of like wine jargon, sommelier nomenclature, it's just above my head. No, don't worry said, about it. All right. I like hey. Albarino. How about that? Hey, Albarino is good, right? That's like a Spanish wine. Yeah, nice and tart, white yep. wine, crispy. Yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, see, we got some wine yeah, talking. Yeah. <laughs> that right. was great. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. <laughs> yeah, Cullen plugged wine over a year ago, and then I was, you know, we were into it. Um, but yeah. but let's talk <laughs> what we right. what we usually do. <laughs> so Ben. Yes. Usually to start off these podcasts when we have a guest on, we like to ask them, what's their history with film festivals? If you have attended any or have just like been around any, I don't know. Sure. So um, I would occasionally like over the years, let's say I would occasionally make like a little comedy video. I don't really feel like I do it as much anymore though mm-hmm. i am currently working on something but anyway so i used to though do uh i used to submit for this 
comedy video like mm-hmm. festival. I want to say it was called the one minute one minute festival something essentially it was like you'd have i don't know let's say 40 participants who would all make just a minute long video and that was Mm -hmm. always really fun and they kind of tried to play it up like it was a like a festival yeah right yeah have a like uh whatever what's the like the the, the banners what is it like i can't remember the name for it but you know the banner people would stand in front of to get their picture on the red carpet or whatever yeah like a step and repeat or whatever yeah yeah boom that's what i was looking for but i have never you know been to any of the like you know toronto or to austin or you know what is it aspen where do they do the sundance, sundance? sundance. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> park city utah okay. or whatever oh park city okay yeah, yeah. right 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 yeah. but Somewhere no so i ideas festival i believe wait what's that aspen has an ideas festival i think where they like have like you know, thought leaders come and like talk, give talks. I think is the festival. In, in, in doesn't Aspen. doesn't everybody just love a thought leader? Yeah, imagine if that <laughs> yes. was your job title. Yeah, thought mm-hmm. leader. Yeah, mm-hmm. come on. How is that? Yeah, how innovators. is that a thing? Yeah, yeah. That, that was. Uh, all don't worry, <laughs> they're all very rich. <laughs> all, yeah. Dude, all I, should all be a, I should be a fucking thought thief, yeah. leader. You absolutely. Do you should. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I could should, totally yeah. do that. <laughs> We're on the, the Aspen Ideas Festival. Ideas right please now. give Ben a call. I mean, Aspen, I could innovate this the bone space. Like <laughs> yeah. I could really try to promote bugs. Like I've got ideas, right. you know. And chains. these are fields where like there haven't been innovations in a long time too. So like, what was the last bug I think it's that about was found? Time. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Wait, what's that? I'm sorry. No, I, I mean, Con. innovation. Oh, what okay. was, yeah, what was the latest bug that's been found? Like, we can be on the precipice of this. Dude, I know, before they're all gone. I, mean, <laughs> I, guess, I don't yeah, really exactly. want to start talking about global warming, which is, you know, kind of a bummer. So let's move on from that. And Emilio, <laughs> yes. what is up? What's your next question? I mean... I guess I didn't really have a follow-up question. <laughs> we, we just sort of went on a tangent about being thought leaders. I was just going to make a joke about how that was all of my friends and bios on Facebook when I was in high yeah. school. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> have you ever been to like a like New York film festival screening or like a Tribeca or whatever? Um, I did. You know, I did go. Uh, with Griffin and David and um, and Richard um, to go to God, what's the Hanks movie where it's like the newsroom? Oh, the, the Post, right? Was mm-hmm. you guys all saw at New York and then recorded the episode right after? Yeah, um, yeah. Yes. And Hanks was there, um, and some of the other stars of the movie. Yeah, right. uh, that was that was cool. You know, yeah, I felt yeah. like I was getting to uh, experience a little of that sweet inside kind of you know cool hip media sort of like hang Mm -hmm. that was good nice yeah i mean if we're anything on this podcast we're insiders we're influencers (laughs) absolutely no i know yes (laughs) we're thought leaders yeah god but um so i will share this though um because we were before we started recording we were talking about um the uh fuck what's the name of the 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 day we're recording uh this is gonna come out a little bit later but the met gala is happening right now yes 
and we were kind of just talking a little bit of just about some of the looks and i will say i think like a thing for me that i think is dope as hell about especially like the european film festivals yeah. is how everybody goes off and like dresses mm-hmm. up and like is throwing right. looks serving looks exactly. yeah and i will say for me that's always been a big dream of like having an excuse or somehow oh, yeah. getting to wear something right. like just really outrageously expensive clothing it's a side sure. of film festivals we don't really talk about but it is like a thing like i like just this yeah. pe- the venice that was just happening everyone was talking about like I mean, Chalamet, he's been making the rounds at Cannes. There's that, yeah. like, uh, yeah, we meme about of the French dispatch. Yeah, the, uh, like, Wes Anderson. Like, Tilda, Bill Murray. Yeah. Right. That is oh, yeah. The, uh, that, yeah. That was a bad look. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. It was, like, Murray and vacation, like, Yeah, waiter. he was, yeah. Sure. Right. He had, like, a Dan Flash shirt on. And two watches. Two watches. <laughs> Wes Anderson was in, like, a seersucker suit or something. <laughs> like, pinstripe. Right. Yeah, I believe we did tweet it assigning the host. To the yeah, people. I mean, of course, we, we have to get it. In the um, meme. Yes, but yeah, the the um, Venice that was happening just recently, yeah, like <laughs> right. Zendaya with um, she had that sort of crazy like I don't know looking PVC, dress, but it was like a yeah, it was like a skin tone dress. Um, Kristen Stewart had a bunch of crazy looks. Sure, there was Chastain, Oscar Isaac, cha- of course, yeah. on the. On the red carpet, sharing fiery looks to each other and lighting Twitter ablaze. I mean, um, fiery well, looks is like uh, downplaying it. He like, I sure. contend that he licked your armpit. <laughs> <laughs> no one will bridge take this walk with me. But like, <laughs> I am the first time hearing of this theory. You should. Everyone tells me Cullen, I'm crazy. Cullen got to go full like JFK. I mean, yeah, there's a like, Bruder film the video of the, and be like, <laughs> he like kisses the inside of her arm, and I'm like, you don't see his face from the angle of the video I saw. Um, but yeah, the, the everyone on the quasset at Cannes—they've got some fire looks. Yeah, remember when uh, Lady Gaga came in on that boat to the Star Is Born premiere, and everyone was like, "This is like so glamorous or whatever." Yeah, yeah it's it's yeah the yeah the Europeans do like to, especially like yeah at Venice where you can do the water entrance. Yeah. I think it's like. You can really do. I mean, that people out, do I water entrances at can. People will do. Yeah. Like, I guess so. Right? Jack Black will. Jack Black will well. come with with forty pandas for Kung Fu <laughs> yeah. or whatever. And then sure. you have like the sort of like Tiff and, uh, I think Sundance especially. You have like everyone in like down jackets and like big like, you know. I mean, that's like, more Sundance. Tukes. Tiff, that's every, big Sundance. Tiff, everybody just comes dressed like a wedding that is not for a person you care I that guess much so, about. Yeah, where it's just, yeah. It's just like a knifeish suit. <laughs> Yeah, like yeah. a shirt, to, and maybe right. sometimes not even that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sure. So, today we will be talking about the films of <laughs> Peter Strickland. He right. is a British director. Colin, would you like to talk about his first film a little? Yeah, sure. Um, so he's been around for a minute. It's weird to think about because, like, I only learned about him like around 2014 uh, when Duke of Burgundy came out. Um, but he, like in the early nineties, he was, he was doing theater and he did his own production of the metamorphosis. Um, and then he pivoted to doing short films and like the early two thousands. And I think one of those, I couldn't exactly confirm, but one of the shorts, uh, was like direct inspiration for barbarian sound studio. Uh, but then mm-hmm. in 2009, he made his first feature film, 
called Cataline Varga, uh, which is all in Hungarian. And he is English, uh, but it premiered at Berlin that year, and he won an award for the... Uh, he won a Silver Bear for Outstanding Artistic con- Contribution in Sound Design, which I feel like we'll talk about a lot, because right. that is, like, a huge part of all of his movies. Um, but that is, like, a movie about a woman who lives in this small Hungarian village and her husband leaves her basically because he finds out that her, that their child isn't his. And she is taking the child to go back to find the father. And it's a bit of a rape revenge because she was like assaulted and that's where the kid came from. And she's like hunting these guys down. Uh, I think you can watch it all on YouTube. Um, but I, I believe that was also like a lot of his films in the UK are put out by Curzon Artificial Eye, and I think that was as well. Um, but it made like a splash at Berlin that year, and then in 2012, he returned with Barbarian Sound Studio, um, which is it premiered at Edinburgh Film Festival and it stars Toby Jones and it's about a English guy going to like a giallo like Italian studio to do foley and right, sound and post yeah. for what like technically in the movie isn't a horror movie as the director <laughs> he's like he doesn't make horror movies I, I forget the is it like Santini yeah um, Santini is the guy and he's like I make Santini films uh but he is doing post-production and, like, uh, Foley work on that. And it's sort of, like, the plot of it loosely is that he is, like, having just a hard time, like, working yeah. with these Italians. Um, and, like, seeing It's, how, like, not quite, like, he didn't realize what he was yeah, signing yeah, up for. Yeah, a bit off more than he could chew. And then yeah. it takes some interesting turns where he, like, the, he, like, starts, like, hallucinating and like having right. this real it hard- plays a lot with like yeah what's real what's not yeah sort of and stuff eventually the movie like essentially restarts except where he had been speaking english now he's dubbed in italian <laughs> and there's like different actors playing the same character and you just have it uh sort of like go on the these weird uh tangents that are like horror adjacent um it won yeah. a bunch of British independent awards, like director, actor, technical achievement and sound, and best production. And he wanted to make... Uh, he, there's like a quote from him where he said he wanted to make a film where everything that is usually hidden in cinema, the mechanics of film itself, is made visible. Uh, Barbarian turns this on its head. Here the film is out of view and you only see the mechanics behind it. Um and what do we all think of Barbarian Sound Studio? <laughs> I loved it. I mean, uh, this was, uh, yeah, I've never seen this movie before. Yeah. And um, when Emilio and I were sort of chatting about, like, different ideas for, like, who I could, uh, you know, join you guys, like, as far as directors, who would we want to cover? Sure. And was not really familiar with Strickland at all. Mm-hmm. Right. And was so impressed and really loved how this is set in an old school recording studio as someone who has for many years been an audio producer, 
um i am such a like nerd for just old analog recording equipment like just seeing a guy patch like just like it just it puts a smile on my face i mean the the it's like almost like this movie was almost kind of like pornographic in how much gear there was. I mean, and yeah, I was just insane. like, oh, like the reel to reel that he's right. using the, tr- you know, like when he like is at home reviewing. Yeah. Like uh, incredible like shots of just these like when recording studios were just like at some kind of different level than like, whereas now with digital, um, it's almost like it's become more democratic and Mm -hmm. more accessible and anybody, right. Can just record themselves at home, record a podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, there is still though something that's almost like, um, it's like a cathedral or something. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, uh, really like this special kind of place. Um, but yeah, I, I like that. And just it was um, really interesting filmmaking that like kind of I get why it's like a horror movie, but not like you're even saying adjacent. Yeah, because it is off putting. Mm-hmm. It's like psychological and really off putting. And afterwards, I felt affected and. Uh, Toby is such a great he is such a mug what a yeah, fucking yes. mug on that guy that, yeah god that was my main take like uh, you know I was not super into any of these movies but like especially like this one it's like it's so great that like there is a like level of film that Toby Jones can just be the lead of a movie and like be all over that movie and like you're just watching him and like seeing him be befuddled and frustrated and annoyed yeah it's just like so enjoy it like there's this running thing throughout the movie right where he is like trying to get reimbursed for like the his travel the, right his travel and like the specifically i think like the like drinks he bought on his flight or whatever <laughs> yeah. like, and so he like keeps being like directed to different people and then like they keep telling him like you're not doing this right and like he like and he like tries to be polite but then he isn't like and then he is, is more forceful and stuff like i just like love that he gets so much to do in this movie i think it's like really fun to watch him be like a big meaty lead role in a movie listen that's like the part that like worrying about not getting paid by worrying about like is, are these people too broke to pay me is like a very real thing for me right now so i yeah. Yeah. Did, like sort of enjoy seeing it in the screen it's like pretty interesting i it's sort of a movie that like clicks into second gear and then like never goes past it is, is the one thing where i it's the one thing where i get hung up where i'm like I'm sort of always waiting for the movie to like take another turn or like do another thing or like go bigger or go crazier and it never does which is like intentional for a reason that I have like a theory about especially with the other two films but it, it was a little confusing when I watched just this one but I mean aesthetically it's gorgeous sounds great whenever yeah. when he's stabbing the <laughs> the, the cabbage yeah, all the foley work with like the yeah melons. all the foley yeah. stuff so much produce just like dismembered and stuff and you really like like you feel all of it which is very cool yeah um it's so absurd to think like see the foley guys <laughs> yeah 
And then he, like, um, hands them the watermelon after they're, like, smashing yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that they never talk. And they're <laughs> almost, like, very... It's so absurd, like, how methodical. And, like, they're even, like, they're wearing lab coats. Like, yeah. this is so serious. Mm-hmm. Like, this is really serious what I'm doing right now, which right. is dropping a melon on the floor. Right. Like, exactly. I'm doing a Gallagher routine. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? You know? And, like, this guy, especially because it's, like, to the, like... There is something about how this production is being portrayed and that it is so um, toxic and Mm -hmm. it just is, uh, you know, it's just like also like everyone is taking themselves way too seriously. And so, yeah, the Foley guys, (laughs) it's like, yeah, it's so like all of the tools and stuff you see. I mentioned the chains come in like vegetables like yeah. there's using so many that there's like a uh they keep cutting to a shot of just like rotting yeah, stuff in some bin somewhere yeah there's all like the detritus of everything there's um there's that really great scene where the power goes out and they have like all the candles lit and they're just like having him do the noises for him and he like he does the i don't remember what the actual noise is but he's got like the can sort of thing and he's like pulling the wire across it i don't know what i know he does like the light bulb ufo that's like yes yes the ufo right 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 and he like they're like do the ufo and he like does it and then they're like oh can you do a bat and he like starts pulling the stuff out and then like the power comes back and he's like oh i guess we can't do it the guy's like oh come on (laughs) um i really wanted to see him do the bat i was mad about that I was like, wait, what is he about to do with that fucking thing? A cabbage. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, how does this make a bat noise? Um, It's, uh, I'd seen, this was the only one of his movies that I'd seen before. uh, And I rewatched it for this. And it's like, it's maybe my least favorite of the three. uh, But I do think it has like great moments. Like the one, the, the scene where the power goes out. And then like you were talking about all the sort of analog equipment uh, where I think there's just that like one, yeah. crazy like panning shots of just like the shot list and like all the sounds that they need yeah. for each segment and that is like right. really great just to like think about because I've also like weirdly been thinking about the movie Blowout a lot lately so then like rewatching this it's like I just gotta give Blowout another watch because that is also just like sound design and the sort of uh, like tedious process of like editing like film and like audio with it um and i feel like you would have to assume that that is like some homage because it's like one of the most like famous if not the most famous like sound designer movie (laughs) um but i do i i agree that i like i like toby jones a lot it's just like all of strickland's movies have a tendency to just like lull and become like really like uh, stayed for me when it's like you're in this heightened you know like genre space and I want it to be like more fun but I think Strickland um, gets more enjoyment out of the sort of mundanity of it uh, mm-hmm. and yeah. I mean this is a take more about Duke of Burgundy and In Fabric which are the other two movies we'll talk about but I, I like my take on those two movies is that they are about boring people they are about like people being yeah. boring and that sort of thing so it maybe works for it and it's like 
there's an element of Toby's mundanity in this f- film that it's certainly trying to capture and pr- play with. But I do like sort of think that, like, as I said, it's sort of like you sort of watch the beginning and you're like, oh, this is like a good build, good atmosphere. This is going to go somewhere. And then it just stays like that for a while. Yeah. But, until it gets like freaky until at like the very end. Mm-hmm. Which is cool. Right. There's that very good. There's like the scene that I really like that is like the scene that I found scary is when they're like doing the thing of like giving the actress feet, like the feet, putting the feedback in her ear so she'll scream oh, louder. Yeah, the screaming, it like really is just like. I this mean, way. yeah, that's like, I, we haven't really talked about any of that at all, but like the other primary like sound making that they're doing in this sound studio is there's, it's mostly women dubbing the movie. Like yeah. they, you know, it's a Giala movie, so they're dubbing over every line. Right, and then they're also just doing a bunch of like demonic noises and screams <laughs> and like very and very often you'll just see them doing that stuff out of context. You don't see what they're looking at to like go off of to dub, and so you just sort of see them in this sound booth like being very straight faced and like not really like showing emotion very much, but then just like letting out like blood curdling screams or whatever. Yeah, it's like a very like fascinating motif i think that's like very striking and like definitely does like set a mood of like wow this is like really it's like yeah it's it's really just like it's really striking i think it's just the only yeah. word i can really think of to totally it, yeah. totally like when there are a couple of times when the the camera moves to outside of the booth mm-hmm, and there mm-hmm. you can't hear them you can yeah. just see them sort of like screaming or you know some of the ghoul actors making mm-hmm. noises the witch i guess i should say actor actor yeah. <laughs> yeah um that and like those those like yeah it's like the witch actress and then there's i forget what they call the guy but like basically the people that come goblin yeah, I think so. the the people that come in and just are making like crazy monster noises like (laughs) i love that the idea of that that in voice acting at one time because again this is like a period piece there was just a period of time where there was like people who worked making just basically like crazy noises with their mouths because like that's how they made and captured stuff like crazy what a weird fucking job to have had Uh, i would like love to just like know more about like if there was like a crew you know yeah maybe yeah, they're like, like hanging out throwing around you know like oh, i've been working on this like <laughs> noise you know yeah, what i mean yeah. like they're workshopping I've got, yeah, shit I've with got each a, other yeah, i've got a new uh possessed noise well, see, voice. How yeah do you, what do you think of it That's yeah. the thing. what do you it's think like... no no continue I was oh just, yeah like yeah. you'll f- i've heard like stories of like foley guys and like or foley like people who do sound design for movies they just like have their backlog of everything and it's like you people will like trade sounds and then you have to imagine like before like you know i I guess at this point you're just recording everything you know like analog so you don't have i mean obviously you don't have like flash drives or whatever to like dump like hard drives to dump it on but it is funny to be like this guy does like the best like yee or whatever like yeah, yeah we get this guy in to do this one noise every time and you have to fly out you know some <laughs> some ghoul to come make this weird noise um but yeah, yeah. it's like it, it's weird because it strickland all of his movies and i was thinking this a lot while watching in fabric because i watched him uh, in order um 
I was thinking, like, he weirdly operates, like, out of time. Like, yeah. Barbarian, like, and Duke of Burgundy, you can draw the clearest lines to them being period pieces, but there's never, like, anything explicit saying when it takes place, and it could just be this, like, old studio that does everything, you know, like, bespoke or whatever. Um, and, like, Duke of Burgundy, I mean, we'll talk about it, but it's, like, much more a period piece, but even still, they never, like, said it. And in fabric feels the most modern, especially in its second half. But it also like it has this like fifties, sixties London like aesthetic throughout all of it that makes it just feel like timeless in a way. Uh, and I think that's like one of the things that I like the most about what he does because it is like these, you know, indulging in this bygone era. And, like, getting all, like, the fun stuff from it. Like, all the cool, like, aesthetic and, like, style from, like, whatever, uh, what a, a, an Italian, like, sound recording or, like, uh, production house would look like at the time. Uh, I totally having, agree. Yeah. Um, and I w- you made me think of, like, even they got it down to with, like, the intro of the movie, like, yes, the fanfare, yes. like, the logo, like, the of the movie they're working on that was, like, yeah. right. masterfully done. That was That's so, so perfect. Yeah, uh, the equestrian the vortex opening is what it's called. Yeah. yeah, for that. Yeah. And he's like, I thought this was like about horses. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, the, that stuff is all like, yeah, that's got to be just like a blast as like the crew to like, because I think all those sections are shot on like 16 millimeter, like all the old horror movie that they're like dubbing over. Um, and that's like some of the most fun stuff. I mean, it's, um, I mean, but it's just that, like, they don't show any other part. Of, they just show the intro. Because then yeah, like, yeah, the, yeah. the only other, right. other time they ever show what's projected is, like, the weird, like, him looking at what happened in the movie previously and his weird, like, broken brain right, by the end of it. And it, like, burns up. Yeah. 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 I mean, you're getting, basically, whoever's running the, the reel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is, like, narrating the guy with the leather gloves. Yeah. And he keeps just describing all of these scenes. Like that's really all like how you're, you're hearing. And then you're just having him describe like, you know, almost like kind of like how it would be introed in the screenplay, I guess. And it's just some of the sickest shit like ever. It's like every time it's almost like to me, I was like, that's kind of funny in a really sick way. Cause it's just like, what is this movie? Like it's, it seems so fucked. Yeah. And I, it's like yeah. I mean by like uh, the, the like nineteenth time that they're making him do like the like all olive oil on the pan thing to do like yes, yeah. the, and he's just like crying basically. It's just insane. Yeah. And it's like weirdly the 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 sort of he does this also of just like being adjacent to horror. This one the most, I think. Or I guess it's between this and in fabric. But like the way that like it is so visceral, like the and like affecting like the screaming and you know just like the the tension and the paranoia of like how it's edited and how uh, Toby Jones is like behaving, and then just the sounds of the vegetables. But it is like bloodless. There's like no like crazy like kills really. Like you just have these like you know little moments of it, but then it's mostly just like what like like what he said about like wanting to make it like just like the sound of it like hearing cabbage cut in half does sound like someone getting like a limb cut off but like and you you feel that just sort of like through whatever your experience with horror movies is and it's like it really like that is like where i give it the sort of 
most kudos is like that works really well and he like sound design is like obviously something he puts a lot of thought into in all of his movies um and like it just it's something that he nails every time um there is something to uh, how he captured what it's like to be an editor okay yeah um in that you are sort of just like living with this work sometimes if you know you're doing like a feature film right yeah months and months and months and it can kind of be maddening like you know i've i've only ever like done editing here and there for like little short films like you know Mm -hmm. like our comedy sketches but i can imagine how you can start to really lose your mind and then sort of insert yourself into this stuff because you're you know just like day in day out really like it completely um you know completely immersed and so i think that was like really well done especially if you're like in a place where you don't speak the language and like you're basically only working on this movie like only there to do that and like he's got the thing where he keeps like calling his mom or like talking to his well, mom. and the magpies man yes right. yeah right the, the letters from her the letters yeah. yes 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 the magpies killed those birds they pulled their heads off right right but yeah i mean like it, it is like all just the layers and of it's like, it, like yeah i guess like because that's i don't know the characterization in all these movies is like it's clearly not the thing he's like most concerned about i guess maybe in um duke of burgundy a little more than the other ones but, like, yeah, that's, like, all you get as far as, like, Toby Jones's connections to the outside world is, like, a couple of letters from his mom. Uh, and, like, she has a little arc off screen of, like, what she's describing in the <laughs> letters uh, that it includes things going really horribly at home where the magpies are, yeah, are, are, are like, ruining her, like, her domestic life. <laughs> but, um, uh, but, yeah, I mean, it is, yeah, I think that, like, and the way he portrays that being so so much at a remove so much at toby jones's level where you're only getting the text of the letters not even like read aloud like it just comes up on the screen not really necessarily enough time for you to read all of it but just to get like a sense of what's happening i think is like yeah it's 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 his yeah that aesthetic choice i'm talking about aesthetic choices a lot in this i mean obviously but uh it's like yeah you know i i struggled a lot with i think especially the other two movies as to like what was going on beneath that but i think with this one like i do like i i see some some stuff there that is like a little more for me to cling on to yeah i mean what's happening is like sort of basic but i think he played it's just like yeah him just sort of slowly getting worn down by both like the production of the movie what the movie is in terms of content because he was like i believe they described what he worked on previously and they were like yeah like children's television in england and and now he has to make all these sounds for this horror movie plus like the other aspects of his personal life like his, the letters he gets from his mother creeping in it's just like plus his face I mean he just looks like mole man so, he, I mean, he's just like such one a of the best face. such a sad worn down person <laughs> he's just getting absolutely run over the entire time he's so British like he's uh, yeah, just really. so British <laughs> yeah. looking he's right. like a well, human yeah. biscuit you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, like, and then stick and then sticking him in a world of Italian, like Italian, yeah, Italians. yeah, all these like big like, mustachioed yeah, and like gorgeous like, women. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's 
He really he yeah he plays up the Europeanness well I think in the movie. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it, All right. Like, well, last thought I just wanted to throw out is while we're still just kind of talking some of this Foley stuff, uh, <laughs> a website I use from time to time um, that is just a, basically like a free resource for mm-hmm. finding sound effects. It's called okay, freesounds.org. Sure. And it's just all user submitted. Okay. And it's super fucking weird. I, I, that, I, like, yeah. There are just people out there who right. make, and I guess just because they're like enthusiasts in, sure. in recapturing field audio, you yeah. can just find anything. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. super interesting to me that there are people who are just feeding this database and it's all over the world. I, and I find myself consistently being able to find any kind of scenario that I want to. Um, and yeah, I just, I think like it's a great resource for anybody that needs to do any kind of sound design stuff, but it also is just super freaky. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's like, uh, I would say the, uh, the tradition of like weirdos, but like weirdos that make, uh, sound with like yeah. lettuce and shit it at <laughs> right. least carries on somewhat. Yeah, yeah. The field recording is really interesting. I don't know if anyone remembers. There's a documentary like a few years ago about that EDM musician Hot Sugar, um, and it's just like a documentary about like his life as like a musician, and he is someone who like constantly will record audio like out in the world. Like anytime he hears like an interesting noise. Uh, right, and I think there's like a big famous story of the guy. His name's like Phineas, who's Billie Eilish's producer, and like her brother or whatever. He yeah. like okay. uh, there's like a um, he like famously used like this Australian like don't walk sign at a crosswalk that's just got like a ding 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 like sort of percussive beat for like yeah. bad guy, and it's like an interesting thing that people will just field record and like you can turn it into that as well, like is really fascinating um yeah i mean i enjoy the band i mean i guess there's band is a weird way to describe them but like group clipping that yeah they're like a like sort of noisy hip-hop sort of band and they will do live performances where it's just like here's us with a bunch of bottles of broken glass and this, that's sure, what yeah. the beats are made out of and stuff like that it's always stomp Stomp yeah, I guess stuff. stomp is like <laughs> yeah, stomp is, that, stomp is like... the and the equivalent of this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's like oh, <laughs> um, but yeah, Blue Man Group. this yeah. one, um, it's like it, the movie is like incredibly well received critically. It made a bunch of lists, yeah, um, and it has like legs. Like uh, all of his movies have like these insane soundtracks. Uh, this one is done by the British band Broadcast. Um, and it has also had like people have done stage adaptations of it um and i think like they like the last time it ran was like 2019 but that would be like crazy to see um but yeah uh if no one's got any closing thoughts uh we can go to duke of burgundy yeah i mean i do my one lingering question would be like of all the footage of them like doing those like foley sounds and stuff 
is the sound you're hearing from that that actual footage, or did oh, do you think, or is it like overdubbed stuff? That I don't know. Yeah, that's that, I would be curious to know the production process for that. That'd be crazy. That's like another layer of like <laughs> you're seeing this, but you're hearing something else. <laughs> They're actually yeah, killing people and then using it to dub <laughs> over vegetables. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. Are they mixing in the microphones that they're shooting right. with? Yeah, like yeah. whatever onset like boom or love they've got. Right. I have no right. idea, but it would be, I mean, I would yeah, be that's... curious to find out. Yeah. We'll get we'll get Strickland on the horn, we'll ask him. Um, sure. But yes, two years later, Duke of Burgundy comes out. It uh premiered at Tiff Midnight Madness, which becomes his sort of premiere spot du jour. And sure. Uh, it also plays London Film Fest in Rotterdam, um, but this Midnight Madness. Uh, this is not everything, but it's a stacked year to think about because there's It Follows, the Kevin Smith movie Tusk, <laughs> um, <laughs> which we should do because it's about a podcaster, <laughs> even though it looks like shit. Um, but uh, we're not committing. To that. <laughs> uh, what we do in the shadows, uh, Spring, which is an early Benson and Moorhead movie. Um, that horror movie Goodnight Mommy and uh, Sion Sono's Tokyo Tribe, which is like, that's like a pretty good Midnight Madness lineup. Um, it's a great one. Have we talked in depth about Midnight Madness at all on the podcast? Maybe when we did Halloween last year. Maybe. But like, Midnight Madness is like a dare. I've never been to one at TIFF. I know you, uh, Emilio and Cullen both have. No, but it's Cullen like a different not. vibe. I only have. Yeah, oh, Cullen. Did. I'm I, always I in bed at eleven whenever I'm at. Sure. <laughs> whenever that's I'm at that's my main reason too. Is like I don't want to see a movie that starts at midnight yeah. in the middle of a film festival. Um, but yeah, it's like a different vibe at TIFF. Like they they like get the music pumping. They, there's like beach balls and stuff thrown around. Music like, pumping is then, like that's like an overstatement they just play like whatever songs and people are a little rowdy because it's midnight and we're showing horror movies man i saw gaspar noe's climax that's the movie i saw when i was uh at midnight madness and it was like a weird vibe like i in the like gaspar noe couldn't make it so he sent in like a weird message about like how parents should let kids drink or whatever the fuck you (laughs) even decided to, to send in a message about and then he couldn't make it but then uh, I, Sophia Butella That's the name of the actress right Yeah yeah She yeah. was sat in the row In front of us And she was facetiming Gaspar Noe While the movie was playing Which was like yeah. A weird vibe again Cause it's like A lit phone in a theater But <laughs> uh, but alright And yeah It's just like Obviously like What at midnight Movies sort of Tend to be At like Film festivals Or like anywhere else Where it's just like John Rayer Horror stuff Like stranger stuff in, in like in the on that wavelength of just like movies like that so i can yeah i can see why in fact duke of burgundy is a weird pick for that i know that's yeah a little bit yeah because so this one um he's got these there's something like i wrote this down like in our document but like he these three actresses he uses a lot um fatima muhammad who plays the carpenter in duke of burgundy and she's like the saleswoman and in fabric She's like one of I th- I think she's the first actress, uh, like before it f- like flips over to the full Italian and Barbarian Sound Studio, or yeah, and then um, Chiara Diana is in uh, Barbarian as the second actress that comes in, and then she's like the co lead, the sort of sub sub of uh, Duke of Burgundy, uh, and then uh, Sidzi Babbitt Knudsen is. Uh, the the sort of dominatrix of Duke, Duke of Burgundy and she's 
the model in the magazine and in fabric. Um, but this is sort of like where the three of them overlap <laughs> and it's uh, a fascinating movie. I think I like this one more than barbarian, um, but it's about this woman studying lepidopterology, which is like uh, the study of like moths and like butterflies. Oh yeah. That fucking rules. She's got this yeah. assistant. Um, right. They're ladybug scientists. Like, dude. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I know. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. It's, I, I was th- like, when Emilio told us that we were doing this episode, I was like, oh, yeah, the sound and the fashion of In Fabric makes sense. I didn't take into account the bugs of uh, Duke of Burgundy as another interest. Um, but it, it's sort of just like this movie where she is the assistant uh, to this woman and will, like, attend her, like, lectures. And, but it starts becoming more of a thing of, like, she will, like, mess up and the way she is punished is, like, dominatrix, like, sort of sexual activity. And it just sort of goes back and forth of, like, the power dynamic between their relationship um, to the point of this crazy scene where you are like the camera like zooms out of and like in of uh like the darkness of between this woman's legs and you have like the other woman walking out into this room of these butterflies uh and it's like a crazy looking scene but it is like there's a lot of stuff going on in it obviously uh but if anyone has any thoughts about duke of burgundy um yeah, it's an interesting... This is the first one I saw. I saw it, like, a couple of years ago. It's, like... Obviously, it was, like, interesting because of its, like, depictions of BDSM and it's, like, obviously... Ar- it's sort of, like, around the Fifty Shades of Grey time. So there is, like, oh, some sure. conversation yeah. around that. And this one, obviously, sort of got some people... Some, like, some people hailed it as, like, a more respectful depiction of that <laughs> subculture. You... Sure. And uh, I really enjoyed it the first time I watched it. This on rewatch, I was a little like less into it. Like I was into it a, a fair amount, but I, just like not I I think I sort of loved it the first time. I do think it's like depiction of that relationship is very interesting and like funny in a very mundane way that I think yes. he enjoys of just like the the they're like, you know, BDSM relationship where the person who is like in theoretically in control is just like this is so tiring i don't want to do that yeah yeah this is such a hassle why do we need to keep the can't we just like talk and have a relationship yeah. why does everything need to be i'm going to pee in your mouth this is just yeah i mean look a human toilet <laughs> when it gets brought up i was like what is happening <laughs> i mean well this is the <laughs> she drinks so much damn water in this movie she's constantly drinking water and I was sure we were going to see that pay off in some way. And then <laughs> yeah, check out you do pit. not. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what? what's going on? Is she going to pee on her or not? I mean, like, isn't, that, is isn't that what happens at the beginning? <laughs> I mean, not really. Like, I don't think you really, I don't know. Maybe it's just filmed too artily for me to like no, have gotten. It's like that the first time they show her punishing her. She like takes her to the bathroom and like open your mouth and then the sound of like 
like a spray sound. Did you think that was water? <laughs> Andy's like, uh, you drink so much water. It's like, Andy. Well, yeah. <laughs> straight from the source, buddy. It's not water. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I wanted, I wanted more. <laughs> yeah, you're like, uh, yeah. <laughs> this didn't go hard enough. <laughs> yeah. You were expecting some golden stream stuff. Yeah. yeah. Just got a little yellow on, on the color. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. <laughs> A little yellow. <laughs> That's really foul. Um, I did not think Andy would be the person to have that yeah, pick really. on this podcast. <laughs> to be the wh- where's the piss? I want to see the piss. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, well, yeah. So I mean, th- there's obviously more to this movie than that. Just that, but um, there, you know, it's it, it is like it's entirely women. You don't see a man in the movie at all like that i don't know if we mentioned that and like it is i think like it's interesting the thing that i was like frustrated by was like i felt like it was like such a slow burn that like it sort of like established this and like it was like oh they seem to have like a thing that sort of works for them and then like it was just slowly about like it's not working for them anymore and i was like expecting for it to go a little more or a little faster to like those places and I, like i was just like a little frustrated with with the pacing i guess maybe was what i was really frustrated with overall but i think you know there's a lot of like interest it's it's it is another one that is like full of like interesting arty filmmaking like it's like he's obviously all the technical stuff he's so you know interested in 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 doing a lot of that the way he films all the bugs the way he films yeah, yeah. Like all that stuff, I think is like, is, like is really really very ASMR sound in a lot of parts. Yes, it's just yeah, like yeah. a lot of people like whispering and talking around them. And if I don't, it's just I enjoy that relation. I just enjoy that relationship. It is true that you sort of expect it to go like harder, like go somewhere quicker. But it, but I do sort of appreciate a movie where it's just like. She just is not into it and just like doesn't want to let on because she's sort of into the like person, and yeah, then and then yeah. eventually they just like have a conversation about it and and it, they sort of like yeah. get it resolved. There's not like a huge thing. Like it's like a lot of restraint in a way that I can see being very frustrating in a movie with its subject matter. Like I think it's notorious as of like yeah, it's a movie about BDSM that has no nudity in it at all. Yeah, right. It's like oddly chased in that regard. Yeah, yeah. Which is not to say that like I don't know. Chase is like a weird word because it's like it's not like it isn't sexual. Like there is like sure. I mean, it's like it's not. I guess um, it's. I see what you're saying because it, it like all of his movies do have this sort of, especially in Fabric and this this like air of like sensuality to them and like yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is like the thing of like, there's like no like he doesn't really. I'm trying to think like what the right word is, but like he doesn't go like very like exploitative, I guess. It's not lurid. It's not like yes, yes, exactly, yeah, yeah, and it is not judgmental. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I we might. Is there anything else to say about it? Well, can I say? Yeah, yes, what please. my favorite fetish is. Sure, yeah. We'll Absolutely. go around the horn. <laughs> we know Andy's is piss, so it's yours. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> we got Andy covered. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Big Golden Stream guy. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, I love cake sitting. Wow. Really? Do you know about this? Yeah. I mean, I'm familiar. <laughs> uh, I, I gotta say, I, I can't. I can't go on this. <laughs> this well, this for the club. listeners at home who might not be familiar, it involves cake. Sure. And then someone sits on it. So I guess it is somewhat <laughs> self-explanatory. Yeah. But that cake's not going ju- in the mouth. <laughs> well, eventually, hey, maybe after, yeah. eventually, <laughs> yeah. right? I though one. No, you don't waste the cake. I mean, <laughs> you get it. Yeah, you get it uh, a little bit on your butt, and then you eat the cake off your butt. Like, why not? But uh, I actually saw a performer do a cake sitting live one time where I went uh, to some kind of like, it was like a, it was wild. It was like a wild, really uh, uh, odd burlesque show. And that was one of the acts. Um, So just wanted to sort of share that, you know, um, I'm an ally and, uh, you know, I support... I support everybody, you know, however you want to get your rocks off. Yeah, let your freak flag fly. Uh, hey, sit on a cake, do whatever. Sit on a cake. As long as everyone's yeah. safe and okay. And what's safer well, than a cake? Right, make sure the cake isn't, isn't, doesn't have candles lit, is what you're well, saying. Well, Andy, sometimes it's part of it. <laughs> You'll see that's, that's a mix. Uh, what, did, what did you think of the movie, Ben? <laughs> um... So I I have to admittingly admittedly say that when I uh, was discussing it with Emilio, I did not realize that you guys are just doing the whole um, director's filmography. Sure. So I unfortunately uh, I've only watched the the first movie that he made, his first feature. Wow. So I can only offer that. I'm excited to watch the rest of this. Yeah. I want right. to definitely see uh, anything that has to do with bugs. So, you know, I'm sure, in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my apologies. No, no, no worries at all. Uh, yeah. So, so um, well, I mean, we can just talk about in fabric in a way that hopefully sounds even more enticing to you. Which well, is yeah, I did want to say quickly, there's the scene I mentioned the actor or actress rather uh, Fatima Muhammad. She plays this character called the carpenter. And there's this scene where, the person who's the submissive is trying to she is like the one sort of like orchestrating everything and she's like right. writing she like scripts, scripts and, and like, like that. Yeah. because it is like the, the Dom's sort of heart isn't in it anymore <laughs> like isn't into the punishment um, but at, so they hire this carpenter to come in and build a box for uh, the submissive character Evelyn to get into when she's like done something bad and she's like it's this i think it's like a really great scene it's like really engaging where she's like describing what you can like put in like hooks in the box if you want to be like bound while you're in there and she's like and it'll take eight weeks and she's like that's not quick enough i need it like now and right. like, my birthday's in three weeks yeah yeah <laughs> um yeah but yeah that I, I think that is like my favorite scene and then like adding to the sort of a uh, canon of filmed safe words with like I guess it's more of a password in Eyes Wide Shut. I was thinking Fidelio, but in this one it's Panastri, and there's a scene where the sort of the Dom doesn't really like respect the safe word, which is a big you know no, as we all are aware. Where she's like Panastri, Panastri, I like saying it, and it sort of 
goes past that. But um, yeah, I think this one's like really solid. It's, I mean, my favorite is in fabric, which we can talk about. If like, if either of you had any closing thoughts on Duke of Burgundy, I do not. Yeah, uh, Andy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, it's I it in Burberry are sort of like in. I I have them at about the same level in my mind. It I think like I think watching all these movies in a row is like maybe not advisable because I feel like he sort of like has like a like it's like a stylistic thing that like is like sort of just repeated in 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 these movies and like I I want I think a little distance between them might benefit them as what I would say is like if you're looking to get into him like maybe maybe a little bit of time yeah. in, in between each one. Um. Yeah, but this one as well, like, all of his movies are pretty well-received critically. Uh, this yep. one ends up, like, pretty high on, like, AV Club and, like, IndieWire and si- Sight and Sound lists. Um, it won a few awards at, like, smaller American film festivals. And uh, this soundtrack is by another English band called Cat's Eyes. And I think all of his movies do have really good soundtracks. Um, but then... Four years later, he releases In Fabric, uh, another premiere at TIFF Midnight Madness. And this is the TIFF, uh, the momentous TIFF that we all met at. (laughs) And uh, this year at Midnight Madness, they had a few movies. Some of them were The Predator, uh, The Newer Halloween, Standoff at Sparrow Creek, Assassination Nation, and the aforementioned climax, um, which is maybe a less interesting crop than the first one. This, is, I mean, some pretty dire movies. Yeah, in that I mean, crop, I would say. Oh, and uh, Diamantino, which is really good. Uh, I feel like I'm the only one who's seen that here. That one I would definitely recommend. It's like a movie about this himbo soccer player who is like psyoped into bringing uh, refugees over over from. Um, I don't want to say this where it's from and be wrong, but it's like a crazy movie with like these uh, big like CGI dogs running around like pink clouds as he's playing soccer, um, and it's uh, it's really crazy. It's like fun and and it's an insane movie. Um, recommend Diamantino, uh, but this movie in fabric is stars Marion. John Baptiste, is that what it's right? Yeah, yeah, Marianne John Baptiste. Yes, she's in Secrets and Lies, which I know her from. Um, and then uh, it also has, she's, yeah, I think she was on without, like, she was on one of CBS procedurals for for. Wow. I think it was without a trace. I think. Wow. Um, um, yeah, but yes, this is a movie about a woman who works at a bank. Uh, she's like a teller, and she lives with her sort of asshole son, and. She is, like, going on dates for, like, the first time after her divorce. And she buys this dress at this, like, boutique British shop. And, um, the dress, like, instantly, like, gives her a rash. And it, like, the size on it is, like, too small. But it, like, fits her perfectly. And then the dress (laughs) starts, like, killing people, essentially. Um, and it's crazy she like uh the way that this is filmed specifically i think is like incredible because there's scenes where you'll see the dress sort of just like floating in the air 
uh, as it's like about to kill somebody, and then it like there's multiple scenes where someone tries to wash it because they're like, oh, I got some rash, like something must have been on the dress, and it like destroys the washing machine fully, uh, and is like trying to like kill its way out of the washing machine essentially. Um, but she like goes to the store, and it's like the woman who plays the carpenter and is one of the actresses and barbarian is like selling her the dress and she's got like a real creepy vibe i mean the entire um, story is a real creepy vibe it's just a bunch of yes like, yes we- this is a creepy movie i would say like right a bunch of weird ladies speaking weird language just like yeah got the she uses like an elevated language and that was one of the things that really drove me nuts i was like why is everyone just going along with her talking this way like why aren't they being like can you talk normally no it's to great me, it adds to the vibe <laughs> Yeah, and I guess it's like, I, 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 it's just buying stuff for British. I just, I don't know what holiday or like what sale. Like there is a sale going on at this store, but, but it seems like there's sales going on in the entire like town, and I don't know what that's related to. I believe they mentioned at some point there's like twelve days of sales or whatever, which is. I mean, yeah, there's like, I mean, it's like holiday sales. That's like a thing, of like up until like the holiday season, you're buying like gifts, so they're doing deals yeah but i feel like because there's an element of just like the two guys at her workplace who keep like bothering her about her job well yeah who they keep being like oh did you get anything at the ch- that the sales and she keeps being like that dress i talked about last time yeah and it's just yeah there are these like sort of bozo bosses who are like we notice you like take too long on your bathroom break we can we like here's a comic that shows you like how to talk to people and uh give a better handshake and it's like this one I think is his funniest because there's the scenes like that and then there's also it's sort of not split into half but it's like split into like three quarters and one quarter and in like the latter section of the movie you're focusing on a different character uh, and it's this guy who repairs washing machines and he's getting married and he's like a real dork kind of yeah. and there's this thing that he does where he'll start talking about all the elements that go into repairing the washing machine and like all the tools and like what sort of functionality of the washing machine uh that he had to repair and the people he's talking to like their eyes glaze over and like the music picks up and they like just get hypnotized by his boring right. speech about a washing yeah, machine like well if the fan belt is <laughs> is broken yeah, yeah. <laughs> right and it's just like long speeches like that yeah that's that section is very fun that like that section is what sort of like unlocked all of his movies for me where i'm just like yeah he's just interested in people who are like very boring and the fact <laughs> that they are boring sort of leads to their like weird ruination in this movie like it's very funny like it, the the concept of it is very funny because it's like it has a premise similar to a lot of horror movies which is just like well these people they just like they they live this one sort of life and then they decide to briefly step out of it and that's what leads to their ruination but then yeah. their thing is just like they live a very boring life and they buy a, a dress that is that is red so it's a little louder than the rest of their clothing and that leads to the dress they're just murdering them and that's just like yeah. a very funny meta bit. Um, Gwendolyn Christie's in it. She's yes, that's she's like, really funny in it. She's funny. That's like a very weird part. She's like dating. Yeah, she's not in it much. Weirdly, yeah. I was expecting her to be in it. Well, more. I feel like when it was announced at TIFF, because that's where it premiered, like, and no one knew much about it. It was like this new movie from the guy who did Duke of Burgundy, starring uh, Marion John Batiste and uh, and Gwendolyn Christie. Gwendolyn Christie, and it's like in the movie, she's got like 
two scenes maybe where she is her son's girlfriend who is like an e-girl basically and he like draws her and uh she sort of there's this really funny scene when you have like the first washing machine like breakdown where they're playing like monopoly against like a board game no they're playing like other. trouble or whatever trouble yeah she, and she's like uh he's like speaking in french to her in front of the mom and he's like don't fuck with her come on, like just be nice and like they're trying to go at each other and she's like toying with her but um yeah i don't know should we get into spoilers or should we try and save it for people i mean i feel like i feel like we can talk or i don't like what did you want to talk about i mean i just like the the kills in it are like pretty crazy like there's a scene where someone uh it spoil us (laughs) yeah you you have a character in a car accident and like the way that that is filmed i just thought was like really crazy like where she and like you see the dress sort of like float away after it and then like crumple on top of her yeah that i mean that's very just like the the whenever the dress decides to like announce itself and float in it's very funny yes i mean there's like yeah there's the thing where it's like in her closet and like just keeps sliding back and forth across on the hanger yes, and yes, the hangers yeah. like making like a scraping noise. I mean, yeah, the I noises yeah, in this yeah. one are insane. I mean, I also yeah. say like this is like before the podcast conversation, but Ben did briefly talk to us about mannequins, and there's some crazy yes, mannequin why, stuff in this movie. Yeah, there, yeah, there's like a mannequin with like a, a fully functional vagina <laughs> in it that is like bleeding profusely. It's pretty insane. Oh my god, that sounds crazy. Yeah, and it's just like. Everything going on at the store is very weird because it has all these ladies speaking yes. in elevated language and they're like dressed very weird and they, it has these commercials that are like they they're like they, right. they're like David Lynch PlayStation commercials where it's just, yeah. it's just like the idea of like a, a, them going to buy a dress but it's just like a, a lot a bunch of very fucked up colors right. and it like leads to part of like the conversation that Colin had earlier about like this movie like who kn- who the fuck knows when it's set because there's some aspects of it that are like very modern like Gwendolyn Christie's like characterization but then she's like those commercials play on like a two a tube like tv basically and there's yeah. like a lot of like landlines and you're just like this movie could be set in like 1955 or like 1997 and there's like yeah no way or like 2018 because like anytime sh- it's like when they're in the store and like other moments sort of that's when it feels like the most sort of old timey but like when she's like talking at her job like her uniform and like the way that the bosses are dressed is very modern and like everything in the sort of half with the or the, the section with like the couple all their clothes are very modern and like the way that they talk is like very modern um yeah are those are the bosses? Are they like a British comedy team? Well, like, one of them is Julian Barrett, who co-created the Mighty Boosh, and oh, he um, is like part of that whole crew of like your sure. Matt Berries and like Paul Keeney. Yeah, and, it definitely has that feel because like they're credited as like yes. blah 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 and blah 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 as whatever it's like their Stash and Boyle or something. Right? Yeah, it definitely feels like oh, we're like bringing in like Stash this old and British Clive, comedy yeah. team to like to do these like fun bit characters and like part of the bit is that they are an old British comedy duo or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I think they're um, both just like part of that crew of like British sure. comedy people. Uh, Barrett Moore 
Um, he's like a bigger name. Uh, but yeah, I think they're really funny. I think they're really good. I think uh, Marion John Baptiste uh, or Baptiste rather is really excellent in her stuff at the beginning. Like her sort of like uh, just wanting to go on dates with people and like the way she plays that is really like sweet and like funny. And then like her relationship to the son is funny. Yeah, every um, time like the the son and Gwendolyn Christie get like a little more explicit about like, oh, we were just like having sex or whatever and she just has to be like come don't talk like please don't talk yeah i'm your mom you don't need to describe getting head or whatever <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's um, that stuff's very yeah. funny I, I mean the guy who played the yeah. washing like like the washing he's machine really funny too, man yeah. that guy's very funny I, I like i don't know who he is i mean an interesting um, thing that like just talking like go, just going on the tan you know just like related to other like British things is that like all these movies well I don't know Barbarian I know the other two were produced were like executive producer like produced by Ben Wheatley okay which right. is like interesting I don't know how many of his movies we've seen like I've just seen like High Rise and Free Fire and like yeah. it's funny because Free Fire is like the definition of a movie that of like what we talked about just like a movie that like gets into second gear and then you're just waiting for it to like it, it start hitting and then it just like never does so I'm interested. Yeah. Maybe that's just like some weird British dryness that they all share. Just like sure. we're not gonna. Yeah, be- Wheelie's a weird guy. I mean, we, we don't have to really get into. Him. I think Free Fire is like the f- favorite of his I've seen, and like people love Kill List, which I've seen. Yeah, I haven't seen like that. Or, I like. I I, I like, do enjoy High Rise. Yeah, I mean, all of all of his movies do have these sort of like similar to Strickland, like these aesthetic indulgences that I find interesting. But like, he really like Wheatley falls flat, and like. He made that Rebecca remake with, like, Army Hammer that just looks like absolute dog shit. Um, but he, yeah, he is, like, a guy, he makes, like, all sort of, like, like Free Fry, Free Fire is, like, a 70s, like, action movie, like, pastiche, and, like, High Rise is, like, that sort of, like, 60s sci-fi. It's, like, based on, like, an Asimov short story or something. No. Um, hi, or something hi, like that. High Rise is based on, like, a famous British novel, I think. It's, like, well, yeah, uh... I feel like it's someone like maybe it's Arthur C. Clarke or something. I feel like it's a really big J.G. Ballard. J.G. Ballard, sure. Um, but um, and then like Kill List it has like a cult in it, and um, but then he made this movie that's called like Happy New Year, Colin Burst, and it's just like a domestic drama, I think. And then like Rebecca is obviously the remake of the of the Hitchcock movie, and then I think he was gonna do Tomb Raider, but got kicked off of it or like quit it. Um, right, he's attached himself to a bunch of like bigger studio yeah. projects, I think, and then like, I think one of them is going, but I forget which one. Sure. Um, yeah, but I just, I just like wanted to point out that connection because they are like, as yeah. Colin said, they're like both move- filmmakers that like seem to have a same background and just like hit in a similar way. Where I'm like, this is interesting aesthetically, but I don't know if this is really going anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. This one I think has, or in fabric, uh, I think has the most sort of substance. Um, where I do kind of feel like the other ones are much more just style over substance. Yeah. Um, I mean, this one, this one, like by the end goes like full, it's having fun and it's doing stuff that is like funny. Like, especially like the very ending when it just, yes, the, through the dumbwaiter is like really good stuff. And then like, I mean, we might talk about this movie that I saw for Tiff this year later on, um, in the podcast, <laughs> not today, but um, I've been thinking a lot about the 
Quentin Depew movie Rubber, which is that movie about killer. a serial killer tire. Um, and like in fabric, like obviously is like very, like it's something just to think about of like this. And I, I mean, that, I guess that's like a sort of like horror thing is like inanimate object that kills people yeah. and is like haunted. Yeah. Um, but I, I think like doing it with the dress is like really interesting because like the dress like turns on someone's oven and kills somebody with carbon monoxide poisoning and then like it like sets itself because it can like regenerate because at one point it's it's attacked by a dog and like is ripped to shreds but then it's just normal later yeah, on. Yeah, I mean it's but it's it, like, like classic horror movie like oh throw that dress away it's ripped and the person pulled it out like yeah ripped this dress is complete it's, it's like perfect <laughs> yeah uh, and at one point yeah. it like puts itself on like a radiator. Uh, and catches fire and burns down a store, but it's like it, it, it really it has a yeah. lot of fun. I think it's, a, um, it's I, the one I'd recommend. Yeah, I was very tired by the time sure. I, was, I was like very tired of all this. Like I, and I, I think the dress is dumb. I don't like the look of the dress. Oh, the dress looks like good. Dress moves around. Shut up. What do they call like, it? It's like I, the dress yeah. look, it's a good dress. It's like it's got a name. Uh, yeah, Let me I don't see. know. I, uh, stress. Yeah, I mean it's like red. Like I don't know. It looks like it looks fine. Like it looks like a dress that like is meant to be like easy. Like and because they do a little bit of like the sister to the traveling pants. Well, thing, yeah, right? that Where is like, like the sell of it. It fits everyone yes, or whatever. That is what I think is good. Um. Uh. That's a, yeah, it's a red silk wrap dress. Sure. Um. um yeah, and I, I mean I really like Marianne John Baptiste as an actress. Like. She was in uh, Homecoming, the uh, Amazon series, and I think she was really excellent in that show. Um, that was like a standout performance. She was the mom of, uh, of, of, the, Stephon of, the, of the kid in the, uh, Stephon oh, okay, James' yeah. mom. She's yeah, good. Um, that's cool. Yeah, and I like I really do like. I think she's like tremendous usually, and I liked her mostly. I think she had some fun bits in this, but like, yeah, the comedy stuff I don't think landed for me at all. Like I didn't find it very funny. It mostly because like I couldn't get a handle on like what was what this world was like yeah. I never really got a sense of like what exactly is normal what exactly like is anyone like is this a world where like that can ha- like where where people ha- are familiar with that sort of thing happening before yeah. like I never really got a sense of like yeah, what it, what it what it is it is for like, sure not playing a lot with like well this is a normal thing like people don't seem to be acting that crazy to like as Andy mentioned like the store but also like it, it sort of like called into question the entire like what is normal behavior in this world but I think it like mostly communicates it by the end I think it like plays big I, as I said I think that the like last section of the movie really clarifies what I think the entire thing is doing and like on what level it's playing yeah. with and it's like if, if there's I, a problem yeah, with it, it's just like yeah it's like one hour 20 minutes into a two-hour movie so it's like it's yeah. like very reasonable to just have given up by that point right. yeah it's a bit yeah. loaded and be like wait there's a new protagonist and like yeah. he's really boring like I mean, that's like his whole but bit he's very boring in a very compelling way <laughs> yeah um um yeah i yeah I, it may have just been because i watched three of these like sure. in quick succession or whatever yeah. but yeah i was i was not into in fabric at all unfortunately um, this one, I think, would be a good Midnight Madness. Like, I would, like... Because, like, there's big stuff to react to, like, more so than Duke of Burgundy, which is more of just, like, a vibe. But this is, like, there's kills. There's, like, big pops of sound. 
uh, like sort of jump scary. I think things. The, the, um, the score of this movie is like great. I, this is yes, like, yeah. I, I'm like not a person who usually notices scores that much because I am a extremely distracted watcher due to maybe undiagnosed ADHD. But this, I, w- I remember li- really listening to the score from this, from this like, it like goes. It's like carpentry yeah. at points where it's like synthy, but then there's like a, like some instrument, there's like some, some good drums, some good like guitar stuff that comes in. It's like great. I would, I would listen yeah. to it on its own. There, yeah, you can you can listen to it. It is by the band, another great name, uh, called Cavern of Antimatter, um, and it's like a sort of it's like a super group of all these sort of other electronic-y musicians. Um, yeah, but yeah, he said that okay. he like drew inspiration from like being in department stores and like secondhand shops as a kid. Yeah, he might also cool. be a boring guy. Is, is what the, the, I mean, look, I could buy it. He might be, I mean, he might be, yeah, one of those really, like, dry British people who, like, sure. then, like, makes these films that, like, are, like, so aesthetically, like, Because it's like, w- we're going to oh. talk about what his, like, next movie is, and there's, like, a funny quote about it that he gives. Colin, yeah. can you... Something we forgot to mention about um, Duke of Burgundy is that it has a perfume by credit in the opening yes. credits. Like there's someone is credited for the perfumes apparently they used on the set. And then also in, in it is costumes and lingerie is the credit for the costumer in that one. Yeah. Um, um, which I think is interesting. There's also a really great, the opening sequence like credits of Duke of Burgundy. It like is also sort of hearkening back to like a Giallo sort of like sing songy intro, like, before everything goes bad, but that one is obviously like less a horror movie than the other two are. Um, yeah, I guess we didn't introduce this. This is gonna be a spooky month episode. <laughs> is it? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Sure, it is. Maybe a hundred percent. We'll put some like bats and like some thunder striking out of the beginning. Don't worry about it, Ben. Since you did not watch this movie, I have a question for you. What's if up? You, to, you are obviously the CEO of Congratulations, a fashion brand. Correct. If you had to design a piece of clothing that would kill people, what would what would right. you do? A haunted, yeah, yeah. A haunted, yeah, haunted. Not like a shirt that has a spike in it that would kill somebody. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. Uh, right. Uh, the, uh, the clothing has to have agency in the <laughs> wristbands that are made of razor blades. <laughs> got it. Yeah. Right. No, it's got to like kind of have a mind of its own. Well, it's funny because mm-hmm. like. As it was, you know, listening to you guys talk about this film, it's like, it's very much in the tradition uh, with horror movies because I just watched Christine for yeah. Black Check. We're doing sure. Carpenter right now. Um, and so, yeah, it made me think just even like, what are the other inanimate object horror movies? And there's so many, you know, mm-hmm. and obviously like there's almost even like really bad on purpose versions of this um, trope in horror, I feel like. You know, like the bed that attacks people. Yeah. I feel like that's like a really shitty movie that I watched with my friends. That's good. I don't remember what it's called. Yeah. Because, I mean, cause um, we talked about Tire, which is the dead you. And then he made Deerskin, which is like. Well, yeah, Deerskin is. that's a, That movie rules. It's like 70 minutes, and it's about this guy who buys a Deerskin hat and, like, becomes obsessed with it. Or, no, he gets a jacket first. Jacket. And, yeah. It's and it's got, jacket. like, tassels. Yeah. And then he buys a hat, and then he buys pants and boots, and just sort of becomes like a murderer because of it. But that movie rules, and it's so funny. 
Word. I got to check that out. Um, okay. I would say I like the idea of an accessory, right? Mm-hmm. Not even like a main piece of clothing. Yeah. Um, and I would say I'm like leaning towards uh, a watch. Okay. Wow. Mm. And I think like I like the idea of it being able to maybe manipulate your like it's you know it's like this is a this is a virus you know what i mean this is like an apple watch okay so it's like it's fucking with your life in that sense but then it starts manipulating your hand and shit you Uh know and making you like burn yourself or do things Mm. so it's like a really bad virus yeah so you're you're saying like it starts with like huh i didn't know i like I like had a meeting at this time. Like what, what happened with my calendar? Yeah. And then by the, or like, right, it tells right. you to take a right when you need to take a left or whatever. Or like, like you know, the Apple watch has a thing where it like tells you that you need to like have a moment of breathing and this watch never does that. <laughs> so you forget. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Or it just like, it like is messing with your like health data where yeah, it's like sure. showing that you're actually like really seriously sick you know right. so you're um, scheduling all these medical appointments that you don't actually need you're messaging all of these people and saying right. really fucked up things you know like yeah. when mm. you're like in bed mm. sleeping right the whole right. time mm-hmm. yeah um uh but just while we're on this the one thing i wanted to share though as i was like what would be my take not necessarily on just like a piece of fashion but just my take on an inanimate object and i think the thing that would rule is a tattoo that kills you yeah so it's like something where it's like maybe it's a little figure and all of a sudden Mm -hmm. like fucking moana style that shit starts moving on your (laughs) body dude and it fucks you up have you seen the film electra no so it's (laughs) it's like a pseudo sequel or maybe even prequel to Daredevil. And it's Jennifer Garner as Elektra. And one of... It's like a group of villains trying to get her. And one of the guys has a bunch of, like, tattoos on his body. And he has, like, an eagle on his chest. And he can, like, think about it. And the eagle will come off and, like, attack people (laughs) and deliver messages. And he's got, like, I think, like, snakes that he can also, like, take off. But he has, like, killer tattoos. Wow. That fucking rules. Yeah. That also that makes me think of the uh, the Treehouse of Horror, where Homer gets snakes hair. Sure. Yeah. I mean that is like what it over his brain. Yeah. Yeah. I Um, mean that. And then he like starts. I think like the the interesting like angle with like a tattoo is just like it's like a tiny thing, and then like every day it's like bigger, and then by people are like, oh, are you getting extensions for your tattoo? And they're like hot, and it's like (laughs) the entire left side of your body. I didn't get a sleeve. Careful, we're close to pitching the short skin, which we don't want. It oh boy! To. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, sometimes it happens. So, um, yeah. just a few things about In Fabric. It got acquired by A24 for American right. distribution, and I think like I mean I might need to rewatch a few, but for like it's sort of the reputation that A24 has of like the quote unquote Wait, elevated. Would you horror. say cool? <laughs> yeah. Is that their reputation? Yeah. Cool? <laughs> Have um, you guys talked about that? Has that ever come up? 
A24 then, then A24 cool. is cool yeah I don't yeah, know yeah. if we've talked about it but, um, <laughs> there's a vibe I'm picking up on you know what I yeah, mean uh, I don't know exactly yeah. what sure, it is so sick but um, yeah they just seem like yeah they're just like fucking cool as hell dude. they're down to earth <laughs> it's my favorite brand yeah uh, yeah they love and they're and the people reading. yeah and the people that really love them too you know i mean who stand them are yeah. cool too i mean yeah. really cool. <laughs> they are cool to love them absolutely oh yes. yeah 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 <laughs> absolutely shout out shout out yeah i actually have to go because they're gonna drop one of their screenplay books and i need to buy one before they're all sold out like it's a supreme drop right um, paying 150 dollars for a screenplay book. yeah with pictures that if you open the book they look like shit um it's definitely get, gonna be in hardcover right yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i should spend 60 dollars yeah. on a candle that smells like the lighthouse um, but i would do that um, but uh the um but yeah, they bought them for American distribution and uh, with like the reputation, right. it, like we're talking about, obviously. The elevated horror uh, thing. This, yeah, I feel right. like, should transcend that because it's like one of the like actual, I mean, I am not one to talk about like what is and what isn't horror. I'm a, very much a novice in that regard. But I feel like this one of like the sort of midsummer, like your Astor movies or your Eggers movies, this one is like, it's got some gnarly kills and it's like, uh, you know, a killer object, like, uh, uh, you know, taking that sort of thing. And I feel like it should be paid more respect. For sure. But yeah. Um, and he's made, his next movie is called Flux Gourmet. Yep. It has Asa Butterfield and Gwendolyn Christie. And it's about like food. It's like about like people at like a culinary school, but it's also about like food allergies. And the quote that I was talking about earlier was him being like, I often feel like like food allergies in films are played for jokes. So I wanted to make a film that takes them seriously. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) We'll be interested to see what that is. I was like, depending on how in Fabric went, I may was like going to be fully out on Strickland but I, he's he won me back I'll give whatever he does next a shot for sure yeah I'm really I'm I like I like what I've seen thus far hearing yeah. about these I'm definitely gonna watch the other two um and also just uh had fun with you guys this is sure. this yeah is really of course yeah <laughs> thank you so much for for coming on this was oh, yeah, yeah. a lot of fun um, absolutely um so this what is, are guess, some? Where we ask you. Yeah, go ahead. Oh go well, ahead. no, I was just gonna say, what are some other directors just off the top of your head, like new stuff that I should be watching? I feel like you've thrown out mm. some titles, but just how about this? I got Strickland. Give me two others, so I got like mm-hmm. three to just dive in with. Right in the mid, I feel, yeah, feel like in the, the midnight man, like the person yeah. that Colin mentioned, like Quentin Depew. He made yeah, Quentin Depew. He's a French okay. yeah. Uh, he's a French guy. He made that movie Rubber. He made the movie Deerskin as well. He oh is, word okay. Um, and he's getting a new movie that played I think can like maybe two years ago, uh, called Mandibles, and it's about like a giant fly. <laughs> um, Sick. But he's like he's like a weird guy. Um, okay. And yeah, yeah what's another think. midnight for me? Just while I'm midnight, yeah. Hmm, what is what Director. is midnight man? I mean, ha, do you know Sion Sono? Like, he is a Japanese director. Yeah. He's made a bunch of movies, but yeah. this year he put had a film at Sundance called Prisoners of the Ghost Land, which is like 
Nicolas Cage like saving a person's daughter from like an alternate universe that is like Sick. crazy Mad Maxi. It's like a funny movie. He also had this movie that I he also right. had this movie that I adore called uh, Why, Why, Why Don't You Play in Hell, which is about like these kids who like want to make a movie, so they get real Jacuzza people involved to like actually have a like showdown and they film it, and it's sort of like Tarantino-y. And they, and yeah. they have the movie that was at that Colin mentioned that was at the Dukenberg in the midnight called Tokyo Drive, which is a fully wrapped through hip hop musicals about gangs in Japan. Yeah. Okay. This is some really good stuff. Thank <laughs> so you. Those are the two people I think you would check out and you would dig. They're sort of like weird guys. Cool. And yes. with that, we're ending the show. Ben, what would you like to plug? You can follow me on Twitter at Ben Hosley, H-O-S-L-E-Y. I Maybe we'll start tweeting more than just every four months, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, check out, uh, if you haven't, uh, Blank Check with Griffin and David. It's a cool show. And, um, you know, stay tuned for, um, if this is coming out in October, stay tuned. Um, I will be uh, announcing the launch of um, my uh, my my close with congratulations sure. coming up soon and later this year around Christmas time we'll be putting out uh, the second volume of Slow Christmas wow. which is a holiday compilation yeah. uh, that I put together uh, that is exactly what it sounds like it's Christmas music slowed way down so yeah check all that out yeah often what you need at the holidays i mean just slow way the fuck down it's a great way to listen to like old favorites but like no one's like chop stars aren't hitting up like jingle bell rock right but then if you can play it at like a crawling speed it just recontextualizes it in a great way really it just mellows you out for so. sure and (laughs) we often say that like we people here can plug just like stuff they've been into like whether it be like a movie or music oh, right. or anything. Dude, the, um, have you ever heard of the show Ted Lasso? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> yeah. He, it's going to, it's going to, the premise is going to sound kooky to you, but he, uh, he's this guy from America. Okay. <laughs> he's a football uh-huh. coach. Okay. <laughs> I, I know. I now know. He's fo- hired. He's in England. Like, yeah. Touchdowns and field goals. Yeah. I know. Yeah. yeah no, no. Now he's football though, but in the UK soccer. So it's like different. It's like, what? so goals and offside and uh, uh, goal. conflict. <laughs> it's different. Wait a no. Um, I like the other two. Okay. It's a great yeah. oh, yes. comedy show. Really into oh. it. Um, like, like, just have been just like really just binging it, getting myself like ready yeah. so that I can uh, follow along with the new season. For sure, a personal favorite of mine. God, yeah. so damn funny, and Molly yeah. Shannon is just the best. It's like uh, there's not a lot of shows anymore. It feels like that just have straight up jokes. Like I yeah. love to fucking <laughs> yeah. see it for real. Yeah. Yes, one hundred percent. Uh, Great. Andy, can you do the me? Can, me? Do, I go now. Also, because right, yeah. Jesse's yeah, not here. Need to plug the podcast, though. I okay. <laughs> thank you. Uh, you. You can you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Can I Kick It. You can follow us on Letterboxd at C I K I Pod. 
Uh, that concludes that. Uh, my name is Andy. You can follow me online at Andy T. Germ, A-N-D-Y-T-G-E-R-M, uh, on Twitter, Letterboxd, etc., etc. Um, uh, personal plug this week. Uh, I'm glad Ben mentioned the other two because I was considering plugging that. Uh, I will plug uh, Worth on Netflix. We've been talking about it for a long time. It played You've been talking uh, about it Sundance for a long time. over a year ago. Yes, it finally came out. It's a really solid, like, talky, sad drama about trying to get money for 9-11 victims. Uh, Stanley Tucci uh, and Michael Keaton. And, of course, my, one of my favorites, Laura Benanti, Broadway star, who uh, has just a really incredible dramatic turn in that movie. Uh, check it out on Netflix. Um, if you like the show and like what we're doing and want to help support us, as you're hearing this, we'll either be in New York City or, or back, recently probably. returned yeah. from New York City uh, and have spent money there uh if you it's on coffee ko i've heard this but new york a little expensive a little yeah it hurts the wallet how much for a bottle of water um uh the the coffee is ko-fi.com slash can i c-a-n-n-e-s-i i recently discovered that you can like become like a recurring donator I mean, now for anyone <laughs> consider that certainly sure. we're not opposed to it we're not offering you anything special but like you can do that if you want yeah, if you want but a like... one-time donation is very much appreciated a one-time donation of five dollars gets the guarantee that emilia will watch a movie and review it on letterboxd that you name yeah if you want to like turn on a five dollar subscription and just forget about it for a few months we won't stop you um yeah <laughs> that's all and, i got and, uh, wait, and just because this will or, be a funny bit and i forgot to do it during the podcast if there's news this week and we have to include it in the episode it will be included right now and we're back wow that was crazy <laughs> yeah. I can't believe that. so much news i can't the film world will never be the same i never. truly would have never guessed that yeah <laughs> so yeah that. we're either reacting to like a festival lineup or this is all not hearable no one's hearing this um no yes. fucking way though you know yeah right it's just seismic no but also then i'll be i'll do another take wow i can't believe that that's so sad yeah. damn all right r.i.p ted lasso yes. <laughs> um, yeah i'm clatchley on everything c-l-a-t-c-h-l-e-y and I've been talking about it as, like, the year has gone by. I've been watching every Clint Eastwood movie. And I watched Jersey Boys the other day, and that thing is just, like, perfect. It's so good. We all love the Four Seasons and their music. And the movie is exactly what you want it to be. There's a scene where they see a sign that says the Four Seasons, and they're like, wait a minute. Uh, and it's just great. Watch the Jersey Boys. Uh Justice for Des Mackinac. <laughs> uh, ben, you're a Jersey boy. What do you feel about Jersey boys? Just in general. <laughs> How do you, yeah, what do you feel about Frankie Valli, Tommy DeVito, the boys? The boys. Old uh, Bob I go. Yeah, I go way back, uh, <laughs> you know, with them. <laughs> right. Uh, they're always on the corner, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, they're <laughs> actually more down under the bridge hanging out, oh, okay. singing. Sure. And, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, those you know, really do over a trash can that's on fire. Yep, yep. And that's, see, that's like when I hear do up, I go running towards it. <laughs> yeah. I want to get as close as I can to yeah. what's happening. Yeah. So, you yeah, turn, you, that yeah, I think you just. You turn to the people around you and you're that? like, yeah, are you listening to this? Can you, can you, can you believe this? 
what is this fresh new sound <laughs> like you know how uh you know uh ron williams and goodwill hunting he's like i gotta see about a girl i'm i would be like i gotta see about some doo-wop <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay so to answer your question um i love it yeah <laughs> We're all we all agree. We all agree on Jersey Boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at I'm Left Alone, and you can follow me on Letterboxd at I Left Alone. Uh, this week, I am going to plug. Uh, this song came out like a week ago, but I just listened to it today, and I've listened to it unironically like thirty times today. It's a song called Silk Chiffon by Muna and Phoebe Bridgers. It's just like it just hits really hard. It's like just like a good pop song. And I enjoy it quite a bit, and I am going to listen to it a lot more after this podcast. Uh, our theme song is by Tree Related. You can find them at soundcloud.com slash tree related or search tree related on Spotify. And with that, we will release our audience. Goodbye. Bye. Frankie Valley and the boys, take us out. Slow it down, though. Oh.